I got something straight. Yeah. It's a cherry flavored liqueur. It is made from cherries. I mean, it's like but cherry. But it's called flavored. cherry. No, it's cherry. It cherry, is cherry hearing. hearing. Cherry hearing. I always, I always, I think I always transliterate it in my brain. Che- cheery cherry hearing. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's like the, if there's a hearing, it's the ah, ears the are in there. Hearing. Yes, that's that's so made of happy cherry fishes. hearing. Yeah, cherry hearing, hearing is the guy's last name who okay. created it. It's oh. cherry because it has it's made of cherry. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, mm-hmm. like if there's not enough to make, um, like three full drinks, just I'll, I'll split one in half. Like I'm at that point where it's like I'd rather we like not buy another bottle of bourbon. Me too. Than not have you know what I mean. Also, like we're quarantined, we should just be drinking through our cards. Yeah, let's Mm. get let's make that a quarantine goal, guys. Yeah, Yeah. do you want to make that official? Actually, the future (laughs) recipes from now until we're let outside again. Um, or not, maybe not let us have fully, but like, let's just aim for like. Let's just try to use up crap we can as much as as much of the recipe. As we can, should yeah. come from our. Wouldn't it be great if we set a quota and then, like the day, the day or two before they they load it up, we realized we were very under the quota and we just have to like <laughs> drink it all. Episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down together, watch a troubled movie. Have a themed cocktail about it, and then talk about what was so bad about it. (laughs) (laughs) And how could it make me not be so bad? Uh Um, This is another mini episode. Uh, We just finished covering uh, V.I. Wachowski, and in two weeks we'll be doing The Mothman Prophecies. That's right. The Mothman Prophecies. But who are we? Well, Uh, I was getting to that. Okay. Sorry, I I did it in the wrong order. Yeah, you did, but go ahead. Uh, I I am your host for this week, Lee Delahanty. I'm Chris Ravel. I'm also Chris Ravel. No, you're not. Oh, I'm Brendan, the other one. Yeah, you're Brendan Dreschler, the other gay. (laughs) The other gay. So yeah, in two weeks, um, we're coming at you with the Mothman Prophecy. Yeah. 2002, Supernatural Horror Mystery. Yeah, (laughs) what's in my way? What was it like? What happened to my hand? Yeah. It's so dumb. It's literally one of the few things I remember about that movie. <laughs> I remember that too. I don't know why I remember that fucking I just remember dumb the moment. way he like he hears the voice and then he just like boom, like spats yeah. and, like throws the phone across he the room. He freaks out. Yeah, like, yeah. It, like the phone lit on fire. We haven't even watched the movie. I, know, this, no, I remember it so like, clearly. He makes a recording of the voice and gives it to some tector and the tector's like no one's voice could possibly have these levels that I'm analyzing. I'm like yes they could. Fuck you. Yeah come on. This is just a guy doing a funny voice. Yeah. Don't pull this shit with me. Wasn't that also like it, that moment was so central to like every ad and trailer they released for that movie I remember. Do you know what else I remember is that like country bumpkin guy going like 37 we'll die. Yes. <laughs> like a, weird, a weird creepy cheerful yes. voice. Yeah. Yes. And so aptly the drink that we're having is called number 37. <laughs> it is going to be one and a half ounces of bourbon one ounce of cherry hearing half an ounce of sweet vermouth some bitters probably orange but TBD and Luxardo cherries. So we're going to mix the bourbon the cherry hearing and the sweet vermouth in a shake worth ice strain that into a glass and dash with some bitters and then we're going to add two Luxardo cherries for garnish. Now my thought process initially when I was trying to come up with a drink is I was trying to come up with something that would have a weird pattern in it like the Rorschach blocks that they keep using in the advertising for this. And I was like that would be needlessly complicated and far too hard to pull off and then I decided instead that it should just be something that was kind of dark and have two cherries in it to represent Mothman's eyes. Sure. That's it. Do you remember why 
they were using ink blots? I mean, I, I guess because it would sort of look like a moth, but was there a psychological element to this? No, I could, but Not like, that that's the thing. When, like, Deborah Messing is in the hospital, she's drawing, like, weird black shapes with red eyes. <laughs> and I swear, oh, fuck, I remember also the one orderly is like, she knew she was dying, she was drawing angels. And he holds up a picture of, like, this black form with red eyes. Like, what the fuck religion do you belong to, orderly? Yeah, I, I also feel like if I saw that, I would have been like, do you worship demons? Yeah, I was thinking, like, is she afraid she's going to hell or something? Like, what is this? Guys, I think, like, this is going to be a good movie for us to talk about. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember being pretty awful. I I remember enjoying it when I saw it, but I was also, like, 13, maybe? And it was, like, a beach movie. It was, like, when we watched, like, In the Beach House. Yeah. What was the, uh... That was a really first world rich white person thing to say. The bridge collapses or something? Yeah. And, like... Is it not the whole bridge, right? Like, it's a piece of it? Because, like, only 37 people die. Yeah, I don't remember, though. It's not a very big bridge. The bridge collapses, and it's, like, Christmas, I think? Because there's a thing where, like, he keeps having the vision of, like, like, presents floating floating in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just remember there was, like, a bus of school show. That movie is... like, a very long run-on sequence at the end of, like, the tension wires snapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie is dumb. It is. I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. It is pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be the drink, though, that we're doing then. Yeah. Two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, so, uh, we are working our way through our liquor stash. <laughs> <laughs> really trying to conserve. Yep. Since we can't go outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Quarantine rules, baby. That's right. So, um, this idea was a joke uh, that we're doing for real mm-hmm. now. So... I mean, it started just because you and I were just, like, shooting the shit in the kitchen while yeah. one of us was cooking, I think, or... I've, I don't really know how it started, except that it was, like, the idea that, like... What like what if you had to force a director to do someone else's movie? And then we just started spitballing. Honestly, I feel like we we found some gold. Yeah, and I, I think it was mostly a jo- like a joke. But I think there are some like possible like interesting things to talk about. Like like you know the art is jokey. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the the joke that I definitely like one of the big ones that I was rattling off was like Jane Campion having to do a Hangover movie. That would be incredible. Which um, <laughs> like vaguely similar to like. Um, what was that on the Coney Bang Bang? Paul of Tompkins is like uh, Werner Herzog doing the hang. Or no, it was Werner Herzog doing the Good grown-ups. <laughs> oh, oh, grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a, a bit yeah. of Werner Herzog's grown-ups movie. Mm-hmm. I, um, what was the other one that we were very proud of? Oh, uh, Wes Anderson does Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. I loved that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. There um, some others. I can't remember exactly what they were, but like, yeah, just like, <laughs> I mean, I think I was taking it to like the utter extremes of the premise of, like, let's take this, like, very twee, cutesy director and have him do, like, the darkest, like, just most depressing, upsetting movie. I feel like that is an, uh, as much of a disconnect as a, like, a radical feminist avatar like Jane Campion being forced to do, like, a dude comedy, like, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Hangover. Or, like, was it... Was it Jake? It was also Jake Campion, or was it like someone was doing like like wild hogs or old dogs? Or uh, that, it was that was in the Jane Campion mix. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I also said uh, Michael Bay does an adaptation of The Awakening, yeah. <laughs> the Gage Bay book with Megan Fox. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, they're, they're apparently buds again. Good for them. I'm glad they worked that out. And, <laughs> you know, I was the Ameri- really worried. I was the American film industry really is missing that. Yeah, we that, are that team. <laughs> What about David Lynch doing like a like a, a young adult? Ooh. Oh, so do you? I had um, posted an article to show you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. about like actual directors who almost made other movies. And I thought that was fascinating. It is, and one of the things that apparently George Lucas had really wanted David Lynch to do Return of the Jedi, which is such a strange concept to me. Because I mean, I'm trying to think of like what, like Dune, right? You're yeah. Thinking of Dune, and then you're trying to think of how this would work in a Star Wars setting. Like, did he do Dune? 
What? Sorry? He did Dune, right? He did yeah, Dune. That's why we're thinking... But he had his be... name taken off of it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It was a whole ordeal. But, like, you can still look at Dune and get the idea of what a space fantasy movie yeah. done by David Lynch well, would probably look like. Here's the one thing that I... Because I was rolling that around in my head as well. I think if you look at Dune as a potential example of how he would approach a space opera, it's a little... Or even a space fantasy, it's a little difficult to translate because Dune itself is very weird. It is. So, I, I do think in some way that is sort of like a good match of director and project, but he just seemed uncomfortable working with that kind of material at that scope. Mm-hmm. I think aesthetically he's an interesting choice for Star yeah. Wars, but I don't know if the fandom wants like a destabilized narrative with like weird subtext and like... We already just saw... They saw the last Jedi and they decided they did not. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say is so it's strange though if George Lucas True. apparently really wanted David Lynch for whatever reason and then he turned around and got the guy who directed Return of the Jedi is Richard Marquand. Can you tell me who that is? No, no I can't. Know. Because he did like one other movie and then he died. Like he had... I think it was cancer or something or he might have oh. done more than one movie. But like nonetheless he basically got a director who for all intents and purposes probably didn't direct much of the movie like George Lucas more or less directed, directed Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just really strange that he wanted someone who would have been like this complete weirdo who would have insisted upon having their own vision and their own voice and doing what they wanted to do and then just being like, nah, no, I just want like someone that I can control and yeah. sensibly direct the movie. Especially because like that that thirst for control, I feel like, is sort of a trend for him as time went on. Yeah. Because like in the beginning, he was kind of like taking in other voices and perspectives. But by the time we're popping off in episode one, he's just fully, it's my vision. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That is, God, can you imagine the kind of fights George Lucas and David Lynch would have over content? I'm a little intrigued by Peter Bogdanovich's uh, The Exorcist. Honestly, I kind of am too. I I like William Friedkin's Exorcist a lot, but I would like to have seen that. I would like to see that. Some of these were pretty like... Yeah, I, I don't... Like, some of these are pretty obvious. Yeah, no, the, the one that I honestly... I can't quite wrap my head around is Tim Burton Jurassic Park. And, like, I'm just trying to envision what that would look like. And I don't want to be cutesy and be like, oh, like, so many, like, black and white stripes on the dinosaurs and swirls everywhere. But I'm trying to think, like, what is a Tim Burton movie that would probably resemble Jurassic Park the most? And, like, Planet of the Apes? I mean, Maybe. the thing is, is that he was very different Tim Burton at the No, time. he was, it's but hard I mean, to he, forget. even then, he still had, like, he's, his look. Yeah. And he still had, um, especially if you look at how he did, like, the Batman movies, right. he still leaned into a very, like, art deco, oh, I, I don't like, dated aesthetic. I doubt it. I'm sure, yeah. I think that the dinosaurs would have been a lot more stylized. Than, I'm, yeah. I'm also imagining, like, would, would they have been stop motion or something? Like, would it have not been CGI because he was so against using CGI puppets? Yeah. Mars Attacks? Um, well, like, <laughs> and boy, did that blow up by in the way, space. Did we, did we know about dinosaurs having feathers back then, or did we not? I don't know? think so. We didn't know. I was gonna say because like he would have done that, right? He would have been. He would have done like true. weird. He would have made dinosaurs as weird looking as possible, especially because yeah. like we don't really know. We didn't clearly know what they looked like that well, right? If if he had if if he was working off of current theories, he would have also probably had the dinosaurs make more bird sounds because that is something they found that likely they would not have roared. They did not have the vocal cords for it. Apparently, what they would have done was like screech, like screech, or make like gobbling sounds. Or I mean, animals make some horrifying noises. I would be kind of interested to see what uh, Tim Burton would have done with that, but I I don't know that I would be that optimistic about it being. I don't good. think I would have liked it as much. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember, like it would have been like like Johnny Depp is probably Ian Malcolm, right? It's probably even, in what? Even Ian Malcolm. Then? Oh, Jeff yeah. yeah. Even, even then he was well, even then he was still Tim Burton's buddy, because you know, yeah. we're Edward Scissor Hands. Wouldn't he have been a scooch young for the role though? Yeah. Because he was like in his very early twenties. I think he could have done it. I think he would have done it. Probably what? Michael Keaton is Alan Grant. See, no. Probably. Oh wait, no, you can you did sorry, can't. Or Vincent Price if he was that, still alive. 
He, uh, it's John Hammond, yeah. Johnny Depp would be the Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah, no, I think I think that tracks in terms of the yeah. character type. Ooh, question, though. Answer, Chris. How does, like, who, who plays Laura Dern? I would, well, he didn't know her yet. Oh, okay. Because so Laura was, Dern is, I mean, like, perfect and amazing in that Winona movie. Winona would have been too young. Way too young. And she has a too young of a look for it. That's true. Even though, like, in the books, Ellie Sadler is, like, 22 or something. Really? Also, Laura Dern was, like, 26 or something in that movie. Huh. So, I mean, she, I, I don't think she looks, she doesn't read that young. She looks young, but she doesn't read, like, you know, Larger has a mature face. Yeah, she does. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe she still would have. If not, then uh, possibly maybe Michelle Pfeiffer, because they had come off Batman Returns. <gasps> Ooh, I could be down for Michelle Pfeiffer in that role. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. It would have been a strange movie. Again, I don't think I would have liked it as much as I like the actual Jurassic Park, but it would have been a weird experiment. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, did anyone else have any they wanted to throw oh, out there? As jokes. The jokey jokes. Yeah. yeah let's and then we can get to the right. serious series. All right. I got some, here, here's my jokey jokes. All right. So, uh, a movie version of Rope directed by Nancy Myers. <laughs> and it's going to basically like, it's going to mostly be women in this version, and right? Is it in an incredibly well-appointed kitchen? No, of course. It's going to take place entirely in this lovely apartment. Instead of like having the dinner party, it's like having the gals over to gab, right? <laughs> Drink that wine! Yes, exactly. And uh, Jimmy Stewart's character will still be like, he'll be the only man. Everyone else will be turned into a woman for this version. So, I don't know. Diane Keaton's probably going to play like the dead guy's busy mother or whoever it was, like, like his aunt. I don't remember who the woman is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, we've got that. Uh, I was trying to think of a better one for this, but uh, My Dinner with Andre done by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Because I was just thinking, so many of his movies are just people having dumb, benign, like, pop culture conversations. Like, what if he was trying to do a movie about two people having, like, deep, intense, philosophical, artistic conversations? Like, nothing... It, not aesthetically engaged conversations. Right. Yes. Like, yeah, that would be a real challenge for him, because mm-hmm. he's very, like, up here, surface, surface level. Yeah. And, and what if they had a waitress who was barefoot the entire time? <laughs> uh, the Country Bears. Do you remember The Country Bears? Vaguely. Like, you remember it exists, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, directed by Robert Altman. And it was a flop. Oh yeah. my god, really? Yeah. Can you imagine having to then have... Oh my god, how would that even work? So it'd be like you'd have to have... You'd have to have animatronic suits that could move their mouths in time with mostly improvised dialogue. Yeah. That overlap. In my head, it's, it's basically like Nashville, pretty much. Except wow. for Bears. <laughs> I actually really like Nashville. I wow, what a hot take you're throwing out there, Chris. You like one of the best movies of all time, one of Robert I, Altman's best movies. I honestly like I don't care who knows it. I no, I, I just I just mean this to say like I think you two are probably the only two friends in my life who have also seen that movie. I haven't seen Nashville. Oh. So have you seen it Emerson? No. I guess it must have been. I barely know who Robert Altman is. <laughs> He's a great director. Was. He's dead now. He doesn't direct much of anything. Yeah. He's directing the angels in heaven. What's another movie of his that I, what I have seen? Gosford Park? Yeah. I know about Gosford, Gosford Park. Park. It's Gosford very Park good. Is good. It's very interesting. Gosford I'm, Park I was basically... I've seen bits of it on television. Well, it, it, it was like was, a it, proto Down Abbey, basically. It was kind of the it's pilot. It's Julian Fellows writing the screenplay, mm-hmm. but it's like Julian Fellows' tendencies filtered through a better director. Much better. So, like, you don't get the whole, like, uh, wasn't it great when the rich were in charge? Like, yeah. we could all just listen to them, they'd make decisions for us, and everything was swell. The way that Robert Altman did that movie was fucking brilliant, because it gave you what you wanted if you were seeking the kind of, like... Ooh, kind of like rich upper crust parlor upstairs downstairs drama, but he did it with a sense of irony and realism that was like really refreshing. Yeah, and it's Whereas, also kind of a murder mystery. Have, am I? Yeah, um, but am I? Am I doing word association? But is that does, does that have Ryan Gosling in it? it? Does and he's actually very good at oh, it. Yeah, yeah, he's he is. But he's also asked to play basically himself. a version of himself. No, it's not Ryan Gosling. Ryan Felipe. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So Ryan Gosling is not in it. Not in Ryan, Ryan Felipe's. Okay. Did I just yeah. think of that because Gosling and Gosford Park? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and you have and like it's like Ryan. another bland <laughs> white guy, right? He's like blonde haired. Ryan Felipe? Yeah. And, yeah. and he has maybe an iota of the talent that uh, Ryan Gosling Yeah, Gosling's <laughs> a better actor. Ryan Felipe is good in Gosford Park. The only Ryan Gosling movie I've seen is the really good Remember one. the Titans? Was he in Remember the Titans? Yeah. Yeah. Was he one of the football players? Okay. Yeah, the I, one I've, who I'm like, might be bad. No, that's Sunshine. That was a different. So one. that's really right. Good, uh, call was was it, was it mm. the nice guys or the other guys? Or the oh yeah, guys? yeah, yeah. The other guys. I think it was the right. other... with um with Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Shane Black movie. That was a great movie. Yeah, that was. Wait, a great movie. the other guys? No, the other guys was um Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, and oh, is this the nice guys? Though? Oh, the other guys is the that's right. I think it's the nice guys or the good ones. I'll look real the... quick. It's it's something guys. Nice boys. Nice guys. Yeah, good boys. Shane Black's good boys. He was in that though. I never yeah. watched it. Yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. Okay, You've never that. seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah, <gasps> Kim Basinger's in it. Add it to the list. <gasps> I love her. Yeah, someone add it to the list. I mean, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. And I like. I mean, it is kind of like a spiritual sequel. To I'm Kiss pretty Kiss sure Bang. I own it on Blu-ray, and I really want I to watch Blu-ray. it again. So we let's should, add it to the list. Add it. I got one more joke. Go, and go, then we're go done. for the jokes. And All right, my one last joke. So Crash. Directed by Gary Marshall in the name of Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve, where it's a bunch of random celebrities having frivolous discussions about race and racial relations oh in America. God. Is is Julia Roberts in it wearing her wig from Mother's Day? Of course she is, Chris. Fantastic. Everyone's wearing Julia Roberts' wig from Mother's Day. They pass it around like a torch in between scenes. Oh my is god. It like the sort of like talking stick? Yes, I think he's got the conch and he just puts yeah. on the wig. <laughs> um the uh I had two jokes. I can only remember one of them. I should write See, these See, that's why you gotta write things down. I know, I don't do that. I already said my but jokes. The one, <laughs> I got no more. The one joke I had... Lee is um, off for the rest of the night. <laughs> I, did my, I did my time. <laughs> you did your tight 15 at the top, yep. and now you're just gonna sit back and drink. Punch my card in and out. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I did think of it. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Joel Schumacher's 1917... You know, I was trying to think of a good Joel Schumacher one, honestly, for a while. Either that, or I was also thinking Joel Schumacher's Birdman. I mean, the thing is, though, like, Joel Schumacher's done so many weird genres at this point, right? So this was the thing. Yeah, but he's not... He's not a good director. I mean, he's he's crap. Done, he's done a few... Phone Booth. Oh, I forget Joel Schumacher did... You guys like Phone Booth more than I do. Phone Booth is fun. I am not impressed with Phone Booth. You know about you it's seen fine. it and you don't care? It's fine, but I... respect I... Phone Booth. Yeah, I enjoy Phone Booth. I'm unfazed And it's got Colin booth. Farrell. How can you not like Colin Farrell? Uh, Colin Farrell. I love Colin Farrell. I just... Chris, no. why don't you like Colin Farrell? He's great What is it with you Colin Farrell? He's yes, great he to look at. Yeah. I had a major crush on him when I was Colin in middle Farrell, school. Colin Farrell, the actor who is great to look I at. fucking loved him with it, the, the side... Uh, what is the undercut in... Uh, as Percival Graves in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great look on him. Yeah. So good. With yeah. that fade going yeah, on. Yeah, up. yeah, it really was a good look. Yeah. Ugh, what a shame that he's never going to be another one of them. <laughs> That's it. Remember it? Why, Again, why in the like world a, would you trade him out for Johnny Depp? This Tab? is a one and a two second chance. Do you remember how I mentioned that, like, off of that movie, the top pairing was uh, Credence and Percival? Yeah. Yeah. I do. You told me about that. Just, just out of, like, one movie, one appearance, just because, like, well, these two hot boys are in it. I mean, boys. they have good chemistry. And, like, one of them's, like, one of them's really confident, one of them's really sad. Yeah. It's, like, a perfect pairing. That's but they both, they both have this, like, passion roiling under it. Yeah, and they've got, they've got, like, that gothy emo sadness. But, then, but then they pull the, the Colin Farrell Scooby Doo mask off of him, and it's John Old Depp. It's it's, it's it's Gerald Depp in a uh, weird Gerald Depp in a weird like Slughorn cosplay yeah. in some ways because it's mean, like, just a weird blonde wig that, mostly. That fucking stupid mustache. Yeah. 
hate it. But my other one was um, Greg Araki's Meet Joe Black. I think it would be a very sexual movie. But no, that's what I'm saying, though, yeah. because Meet Joe Black is such a stately... Well, it is. I mean, I guess. There is, like, is. that one sex scene. Yeah, but I would not call it... <laughs> I would not call it a sexual I movie. I had forgotten that there was a sex scene well, in that very, movie. Like, it's it's like very reverential. <laughs> it's very reverential. It it's very quiet. God, there is. It's very quiet. It's very considered. It's, it's like entirely in slow-mo. Everything is very soft-lit, whereas Great Iraqi is... Hard lights, lots of like young people fucking all over the place. No, you probably don't. See, I feel like you want something like Greg Araki's Mamma Mia. Well, but that's something he could do. Yeah, I know, but it would be great. That would actually be amazing. If he really did Mamma Mia, I would be into that. Yeah. He made one one movie that I am I I think was his attempt at like a okay, but I'm making a movie now, guys. Like Mm And it was called, I think it was like White Bird in a Blizzard or something. But it's like one of the most, still one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Well, he's, I don't know. He's a nutcase character. I haven't seen it. Don't know who he is. I'm sure he's great. <laughs> I was trying to think of something with Harmony Corinne, but I just couldn't. I mean, any, any like. I couldn't figure it out. Inappropriate teen novel, right? Like Harmony Corinne's Percy Jackson, Harmony <laughs> Corinne's Harry Potter. Like anything that involves teens that are fucking or. That's like, what I want to see. Trash. Like David Lynch do, like uh, the, one, the one with the alien. What's the code? Mm-hmm. I am number four or something? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there one like, of the ones that came out of the James Frey, like, book mill, basically? I have I don't idea. know. Like, he had, like, a stable of writers who would write under him. And that was, like, one of his books. I don't know who you're talking Why are you, like... It's a good thing mean, that we all have computers in our hands. No, it was more like he would get top billing as the writer, and then the actual writer would get co-authorship. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know. I just thought that Iron Number 4 was, like... It was like Hogwarts Alien, but if it was David Lynch, I'm sure that it would turn into some sort of like actual horrific Eldritch creation. That would be amazing. Yeah, James Frey. Yeah, and then um, it's like a James Patterson scenario. James Patterson, or it's like you know, it's James, James Patterson, Patterson and Bill Clinton together at yeah, last. Yeah. Oh my! Isn't it called like the president is missing? The president's neck is missing. Yes. <laughs> Six, murder, murder, six. <laughs> Are you say? <laughs> I don't even remember Sorry, the name I just, of the book anymore. It's never as good as we want it to be. It's, it's something is. very... It, the only thing is like Peril in Paris. Right, which is such a not, good name. It's like stuff, It's like trouble in... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so dumb. You didn't even what? try. He put more effort into that fucking commercial than he did the book. Just to, just to give some context, we very fairly commonly reference the fact that oh. James Patterson films his own very goofy ads. You need to watch all of them on YouTube. You know what it is. But yeah. you'd think, I think it's private Paris. Yeah, you're right. I think, I think you're right. Private I think you're Paris. right. Which makes even less sense. Like, what does that even mean as a title? Yeah, it sounds like a wreck. It or, does. Or, I was just, or, or it sounds like vaguely sexy, private I guess. Paris. But I, I suppose there is murder and sex. Yeah. Murder and sex. How you say. How you say. Well, you'd think someone who's going to be like, I don't know, like, it just seems like such a weird wan title for, like, someone who's so goofy. Yeah. Do you know what else I'm reminded of when I think of James Patterson's, like, weird themed ads is, hmm. uh... The, uh, oh my god, Peter Gabriel's, like, old video. <laughs> <laughs> where there's, like, a video Exploria. online on... Is it something like, I think you want to click elsewhere, whatever it is? Yeah. <laughs> Exploria. Like eight minutes of him telling you to click. It's like Explora. Explora. The secret world of Peter Gabriel or something. <laughs> it's just, like, an interactive CD-ROM where you can, like, click learn about here. music. And it's just, like, um, like a video of all the times in the game that he, he's, like, point... It's like a tiny camera on his face, and he's putting his hand up there to, like, click over here. He click down there. <laughs> and then there's weird ones where he po- pops up into frame with a cowboy hat and says, love bomb time. 
the fuck? When you click the love bomb button. And honestly, I don't want context. I don't yeah. want to know what any of it meant. Yeah. It's delightful as is. Um, okay, so we've we've dispensed with our jokes. Yeah. I, I'll go first. I have one real thing I All want right. to say. I, I want one real thing. Uh, I want Armando Inucci and Hal Hartley to swap and do each other's movies. Yes! And I want... I think I want Hal Hartley to do The Death of Stalin. Yeah. And I think... I think I want Armando Inucci to do The Girl from Monday. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. I'm there. I, and I'll I am, see it. I am not kidding you. I am extremely interested so in, this, in that. So in this hypothetical, I'm curious. Are they working with their own actors, or are they working with the actors who would normally be in this movie where it's done by the other person? I'm just I curious. think they have a, a shared pool of each other's actors. Okay. Because I think Hal Hartley knows who he likes, but I think that he also likes to get people he's not had before. I think okay. he's interested. Like, I think people... I think it's more of the actor is going to work with Hal Hartley than if the actor than if Hal Hartley will work with the actor. Because okay. I think he's very difficult. Not like a bad one <laughs> as a director, but I think he's he's very particular, obviously. I mean, I imagine his vision can be probably hard for him to express in a way that makes sense well, to people. Like if you're like if you've never worked with Hal Hartley before, I think you might find it very hard to work with him because he's very like he will like tell you very exactly how to say the line. Mm. And so I think you have to know what you're getting into if you're going to be working with him. I love that idea. To see him approach something like Death of Stalin would be really intriguing. Yeah, and the thing with Hal Hartley is like he's I don't think he's like ever in his life worked with someone else's material. Mm. Um so I think that'd be interesting. I think Amar Dominici also tends to write. It always is really fascinating when directors who almost always write their own stuff do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I feel like it almost never quite works. But I feel like they're the most compatible mm. for that. Like I feel like they, they have similar... They're both like... I don't know. They're not that... like they're, Stylistically, and like how they like get active is very different. But I think that they have similar sensibilities in their writing. So I love uh, that. That's my, that's, my, that's my one idea. You're one and done. Yep. To the time. <laughs> um, do you mind if I go next? Oh, please. Thank you. I, uh, by the way, love that idea. I actually think they could do really interesting things with each other's work. Yeah. Like, that's fascinating. Um, I had initially been thinking about what if Catherine Bigelow made Blade Runner, but then I realized neither of you have seen Blade Runner, so that's going to be limited. And you can still say I'm doing movies that you guys haven't seen. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, simply because, and I still haven't seen it, we should add that to the list, actually. Oh, yeah. I want to watch keep, Strange we, Days. We keep saying we... You are supposed to tell us which one to see. Oh. Um, Blade Runner. So you have to tell us which one. Oh, uh, they. I think they recently did do, like, the unified cut. Okay. So there is one that's, like... Eight hours long. The one. <laughs> no, but I think it's supposed to be a, like, this is now, like, the canonical story. Um, the uh, Mostly because Catherine Bigelow did Strange Days, which has some similar themes, but I feel like... I would be interested to see the perspective she would bring to something like Blade Runner because Blade Runner is, it has a lot of things that work for it. And I really actually love it as a movie, but there are flaws. And some of those flaws include how it treats women and how it approaches. Basically, it like throws a lot of social issues into the mix and then it kind of does a like white male shrug on a lot of them and I would love to see someone else come in with I I just realized that as I said out loud like well I'm just changing the gender then (laughs) but she at least from because I read an interview that she did about Strange Days where she talked about how she felt like police brutality was something that white media and therefore most of mainstream America wasn't really picking up on and she wanted to make a film that really put that front and center yeah so she is at least a female director that 
wants to get those stories out there. So I think that's actually a really fascinating angle to put into Blade Runner, because one of the angles they never explore, and it drives me insane, is that, I mean, the whole movie is just about these replicants, these, like, other people, um, uh, created people, like, artificial, semi-robotic people that um, uh, Harrison Ford has to hunt down and destroy. And they do, in a sense, sort of grapple with the idea of, like, what is human and what are the ethics of this? Um, But it doesn't really go deep enough. And I feel like there are parallels that another director like Catherine Bigelow could draw that I would be very interested in. Um, The the second one I thought of, but I did not flesh out really not near enough, was um, uh, Taika Waititi remakes one of... My favorite, but still very flawed movies, uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Because I feel like (laughs) I... But I hate it because of the director. Exactly. I feel like he could take a lot... But wouldn't it be like a wacky comedy then? I was going to say, do we already like what we do in The Shadows, right? So it's like, he's already done a vampire comedy, I guess. That's true. But I guess I would look at it as he's more taking the Guardians of the Galaxy approach, where there is comedy, but there is also like heart and beats to it. And I feel like... I feel like he could strike a tone that would make that movie make sense while keeping a lot of its, like, lurid weirdness. Not that, not that I want to, like, insult Taika Waititi or um, praise someone else, but there was also the, like, Stephen Moffat Dracula or whatever that came out. The TV series. The TV series. Oh, yeah. It feels like it, it feels like what we might get. Oh, I see what out you mean. That, out of that director swap. Man, that trailer made that show look like garbage. It was weird. It was, I'll just say it was, I only watched the first episode, but it was weird. Not in a way that made you want to return, I guess. Um, I definitely don't care to see the rest of it. It wasn't like bad. It was just bizarre. And then I read like the synopses of this next two episodes, and like it's, it veers from source material very dramatically. <laughs> and then it does in episode one already, but like it does mostly tell the story, but like there's a there's a time skip to like modern day at some point. Yeah. I don't like that. Van Helsing's a woman, right? Uh, Van Helsing is like a nun, yeah. Yeah. But like, she's in the past. She's a nun. And then in the second episode, it's like when he's on the ship to go to England. Yeah. And they sink the ship. Mm -hmm. So his coffin sort of washes up on the shore. Uh And like, he wakes up like a hundred years later. (laughs) And so like the rest of the story... embarrassing. The rest of the story of Dracula takes place... In modern day. In modern day. So, like, he doesn't meet... Um, what's the woman he gets in Dracula? The Mina? Actually, Mina? No. Lucy? The Lucy. He doesn't meet Lucy until the, the that part. Okay. Mina's dead 100 years ago because she's, you know... A Mina's next to one. Okay. Okay. Um, so like, I don't like what I'm hearing. doesn't play up until we get to England. I mean, I feel like at this point I'm kind of done with reimaginings of Dracula. Like, if you're not going to do something that's moderately faithful to the concept of who Dracula is and what that would entail, I just don't care anymore. Or at least something that would, like, expand the material in some way that makes sense beyond a gimmick. I because just, I, there was that Jonathan Reese Meyers NBC BBC joint venture that they did, yeah. like, like Dracula miniseries. Yeah. yeah. And that did attempt to do new things, but it was all very gimmicky. And they didn't really do anything with it. I gotta admit, I I don't really know a whole lot I don't know, about the actual source material, but like I don't think I think Dracula is a it's bit very dry. Sherlock Holmes for me. I think I don't really care about the source material. I think I care about what I want to do with that source material. 
and what other people do with it. I feel like there just hasn't really ever been a Dracula that's that faithful to the source material, so it's like, it would be nice to see someone try and do it for once. Was the, I, I don't know, again, was the movie, was the Bram Stoker's Dracula not faithful to it? Uh, mm. In terms of, like, plot, kind of, in terms of tone or, you know, acting... Maybe not so much. It, um, it definitely adds things in that were most certainly not in the book. Well, the yeah, but the, the so like obviously the the him having like Mina looking like his old love or something was was made up. Right? Yes, yeah. But the thing that they do at least make reference to that many Dracula adaptations don't is that the original Dracula novel. I'm blanking on how to pronounce the word correctly, but it's it tells the story through diary. Yeah, it's a postulary. Epistolary? Epistolary sounds right. Bunch of letters. Yeah. It's, it's letters thing. and diary Bunch entries. All of it. Yeah. And the the it's also very dryly written and there there's also like you have to change some things about the story when you're putting it on screen, and you also have to really be mindful of the fact that it's like a there's a lot of just like outdated like social views and politics in there that you cannot in a responsible filmmaking choice keep those in. Like all those things Dracula says about Jews. Well, but like there's a lot of um, I mean, there's a lot of misogyny. There's like the all of the female characters, Mina and Lucy and the wives are all just like either versions are whores and there's a lot of xenophobia in the book. It's not great. You have to I don't think that you can responsibly make an adaptation without acknowledging or changing them. No, but I mean, there are plenty of adaptations we have that are, like, done today that have the spirit of the original source material while adapting it to modern sensibilities. Mm. I mean, presumably, you're not going to see it because no movies are ever coming out ever again, <laughs> but this um, David Copperfield adaptation looks like it might be doing something. I, but David I'm... Copperfield isn't, like... There's something, I would say... There's nothing inherently, like, uh, egregiously sexist or... Like racist in David. Cochran. Yeah, I mean, but there are there are other things too. That was the first thing that came yeah. to just because it's coming out. Too. I see what you mean. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think it can be done. I'm not saying you have to like faithfully mimeograph every single page of the novel and like place it on a screen. I but. think my problem is I do think I don't care about like a, a a sort of like Victorian idea of what Dracula is because I do think that it was probably very moralistic and like one sided mm-hmm. and not nuanced and I. I think I'd rather it be like I'd rather have uh, I'd rather give the villain some depth than have it just be like he's Satan's creation or something, which I don't know. I don't know enough about Bram Stoker's Dracula. At the end of the day, I almost just feel like it's easier to just write a vampire story separate from Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> like it's. I think vampires are a fascinating idea. Yeah, and I think there's a lot but, of directions you can take it. But then, yeah, um, but that was me. All right, here's me. Buckle up. So it's possible I interpreted this differently from you guys because my idea was more just like, what if if the, you have a movie that did not work very well with the director that it had, what if you had assigned a different director to it? Oh. So that's more what I had done. So it's possible that I was looking at this differently than you guys were. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so I might are also all error appropriate too, because in my fantasy world, it's basically you're keeping everything the same except for the director. So like it was made in whatever time it was made, has the actors, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the first one I had is uh, something that I had just rewatched recently with Rich a few weeks ago is the movie version of Hello, Dolly. Now, Hello, Dolly is a musical that I enjoy a lot. It's very bright. It's very funny. It's very farcical. It's very like musical theater, capital M, capital T. 
Uh, the movie version is not great. It's fine. Barbara Streisand is playing a character who is written as like a middle-aged woman, and yeah, she is twenty-seven at the time, like 20 years which older is not so. And she's paired with Walter Matthau, so like they have you know charitably like maybe twenty years difference in age between the two of them. So it's a little hard to get on board with that as a romance. Uh, the other big issue that that movie has, I was watching, is it has none of the energy that the stage show had. It was directed by Gene Kelly, who of course we all know, fantastic talent, mm-hmm. great dancer, great choreographer. He directed music sequences for a lot of the movies that he did. He clearly knows how to stage a musical number. He was very wrong for this movie. Everything in this movie, which came out in, I believe, 67, feels like it's a movie musical from 20 years ago. So you have all like, the flat staginess, right? Every now and then wow. you'll go onto the streets where it's a real setting, but then you're in like a hat shop and it's like a hat shop the size of a fucking gymnasium <laughs> or it's just like, like, what is the rent on this place that you're selling hats and you can afford to shop this stuff? That's such a theater move. It is. It's, it's so very like stagey looking in that sense. So I was thinking, you need a director who understands both like how to stage musical numbers and also gets that this is kind of almost a screwball comedy because you have like the central premise is that it's a woman who like knows what she wants and is manipulating everyone to get it and her love interest is sort of like this befuddled grumpy man who is not into her until the end. Just want to just want to point out this is very Emma-like in your plot summary. It is. Well, there yeah, there are certain similarities there. So my thought is that it should have been directed by Howard Hawks. <gasps> and my thought is based on the fact that Howard Hawks did two terrific screwball comedies. His Girl Friday is, I guess we could quibble. Over was, he ra- was he alive? He was. I checked it. He would, he would have been like <laughs> 70, so it's possible he had retired by that yeah. point and wouldn't want to do it. But anyhow, this is my hypothetical. Hey, man, Martin Breast made really Yeah, he's dragging his old bones out of the, the retired director's rest home. <laughs> Direct this fucking picture. So he did His Girl Friday and Bring Up Baby, which both have this sort of like pacing and energy that you want for something like this. And he also did General and Prefer Blonde. So like, you know, he can do a movie musical. He can stage a number. He understands how a song works in a movie setting. And even though that's still kind of like flat and theatrical in the sense that some of the numbers are, I think it has a little bit more pep to it than what Gene Kelly brought. So in my head, same cast, something like this could have made it a lot more energetic, a lot more broad, a little bit more peppy than what we ended up with. The second one I have is the movie version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't remember who directed this movie. I don't either. Uh, I watched it again about, I don't know, probably about a month or two ago. I actually don't mind it. So I don't mind it either. That's the thing. Again, it has a cast that I mostly like. I think the script is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It feels, for the most part, pretty Douglas Adamsy. The problems are the direction and the score, which is not something I will address right now, but the score is very Mickey Mousey in terms of its, like, hitting... Jennings. Yes. What else did he do? Who is that? He did stuff. I know that name. He does stuff. He did, uh... Fantastic Mr. Fox? No, he could. That was. He's listed under the thing for it. He uh, must have written it. Maybe. Or done something really. He must have had a writing credit or something. Um, I've seen movies that he's done. I mean, his name is familiar. I just can't think of what else he's done. Uh, maybe that was, was his like first a, movie. Maybe he was like a visual artist? Or like That's a right. Visual? He does acting. Oh, acting? Yeah. Really? In what? <laughs> he's like a friend. I think he's an associate of. Um, uh, Shaun of the Dead Cornetto Boys. Oh, is that oh. right? Yes. Or like, yeah, them. Okay, all of them. interesting. Well, interesting. Ra- Son of Rambo. Okay. So, and Sing. He oh, sing. he did oh, Son of Rambo? But he also did Sing. Yeah. <laughs> well, sing, sing looked like garbage, but I liked Son of Rambo. My parents loved Sing. The animated movie? Yes. Oh my god. Well, they had to watch it because of kids. I, I, assumed, I assumed they were just like renting it one Friday night, but uh, wow. I didn't, didn't think that would happen. Um, it's interesting, though, you bring that up, because my... It has an approval rating of 71%. People don't know what they want. 
I know what people want, and I'll give it to them. <laughs> so it's we are earliest. We are. We are yes. Yep. We, uh, we're going to tell you. I know what's good like. for you. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. Uh, so it's funny that you actually brought that up because one of the directors I had two possibilities. One would be Edgar Wright, who I think has a sensibility that lends itself to that sort of thing. The other one would have been Terry Gilliam. Keep in mind, this is Terry Gilliam back in the early two thousands before we knew he was bad. He was still. Who? He was bad. Who? Terry, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam. Oh, because he took a turn. He's taken a turn lately with the whole Me Too thing. Not only that, oh, I didn't know that. He's also yeah. taken a turn where he doesn't believe trans people exist. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's bad now. His movies are bad, and he's bad. But there was a time when he was doing good movies, and we didn't know he was bad. We were living blissfully ignorant of this fact, Ugh. and so. I'm just thinking either one of those two would have had more of a visual style that would have lended itself a lot of the material that would have probably looked better. Who was the better. first one? But it wasn't Edgar Wright. Okay. Uh, yeah, either one. Of the, they're both British, too, which I think kind of helps in something with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I think you kind of need a British sensibility for it, especially in that movie version, which has a surprising amount of American actors, which is yeah. interesting. Kirk Dunning is British. <laughs> yeah, no, I know he is. I'm not, like, doubting that he is. I'm just yeah. saying that, like, if you're replacing him, you should replace him with someone British. But also. I can never, um, I can never watch Brazil. I've never seen Brazil. It's good. It's heavy. It is heavy. It's interesting. I mean, it's it's funny also, but it's also heavy. The heavy as in like it's it, it's got a uh, dour. It's, okay. Well, it has some heavy it's, themes. It's, yeah, it's pretty bleak. And I'd say the comedy ways. is definitely like black comedy because it's a very bleak setting. I mean, I think it actually does a lot of brilliant things. It's a messy movie though. I think it's a very good movie. It's just one movie that I care to see all that often. Yeah, it doesn't make you feel good. No, it doesn't. Uh, but good movie. Um, the last one that I have then is uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. No one else saw, right? Nope. Yeah, I don't know if you need to. But um, is that the one with the 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 clone baby? Yes, but the like rich people hanging around in a mansion bidding on yes. crazy dinos. So let me tell you something. <laughs> I would put forth this movie as a candidate for us, but I don't think we would want to watch it, and I don't think we need to watch it. Uh, it's two movies in one, basically. Your first movie is like, let's go to the island and rescue the dinosaurs before the volcano blows up. Then the second movie is, we're all in a mansion with a bunch of dinosaurs, and eventually one of the dinosaurs is going to get out. And so, like, in theory, you have this weird action movie first part, and this weird old dark house mystery, like, in the second part, where it's like, where it's like people are turning up dead, and there's a dinosaur loose in the mansion, which is like, so for me, like, that's pretty great. That's a fun movie. I do actually like that as a concept. No, I think that's a fun pre- premise, too. It's just that when you, like, wedge both of these movies together, you end up with a very weird lopsided concept. And then also you find out the little girl is a clone, which is like, yes, I get that that would make sense. In a world where you can clone dinosaurs, obviously we're going to start cloning people too. But like, that's not what Jurassic Just, Park is. Hold on, but didn't, maybe it was yours, maybe it was someone else. Wasn't there like some kind of insane reveal where like she can, she has some sort of like weird innate kinship with the dinos because I don't know that they're clones too or something. I don't something. know that that's true. Um, uh, I, I've only seen it once, so I could have missed it. Also, I feel like this is what you got when you trust Colin Trevorrow. Well, right. So he didn't direct that one. It I was he did. no, no, he didn't. It was so what? Oh, the director of Orphanage, J A J A Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, Bayonetta. Something like that. Yeah. Great game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly the most male gazy game made for gay men. <laughs> That's yeah. something. Uh, so he directed, and he's he's fine. I think I have nothing really against him at the end of the day. I just think that it could have been a stronger movie. And so what I'm envisioning is a world where this Jurassic World movie was directed by Alex Garland, and the two movies mm-hmm. that Alex Garland has that makes me think he would be interesting are Ex Machina and Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Ex Machina, of course, is dealing all about like science, humanity, like our like our machines human are the things we create real, like like which is like. 
Jurassic Park right there. Like, do we have responsibility for these things? Perfect. Those are themes that he can definitely deal with. On the other hand, you've got um, Annihilation, which is more like it's not just a creepy monster movie, but like there are elements of that to it. So clearly this is someone who would feel comfortable doing a movie where you have enormous reptiles running around a house eating people. I would also be fascinated to see Alex Garland because, I mean, I feel like Ex Machina and Annihilation both display like really bold, kind of visually arresting aesthetics, especially Ex Machina. I loved every yeah. every shot on screen so, was gorgeous. So I'd love to see him do dinos. When did Ex Machina come out? Um, I mean, it's been a while. 2012? Yeah. Was it? That's what I got. Guys, this was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a fun time. I feel like... I feel like um, Maybe part of the reason why we were, like, Tangent City tonight and we were, like, loosey-goosey. Because we're all trapped in a house together. Yeah. Yes. And we also haven't really, With like... one lone dinosaur who we don't know when will we guess. Exactly. This is the first, like, real uh, face-to-face communication I've had for most... Aside from, like, you know, quick chats with you guys in the hallway. Yeah, don't worry. For the next episode, we'll all be recording from separate rooms just yeah. to be safe. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, I think that's, that's where it comes from. It's like, there's this excitement at being able to, like... Look at people. <laughs> and do something in person. You know? We're yeah. Just, you know, we're all it's together. a good thing we all live together. <laughs> like, we are doing this here, and I'm not getting eye strain from it. Which, yeah. I I've started to get eye strain headaches. Just, like, all the time now. See, I, I've already been living this life, my man. Yeah. I take extension every other day. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wear my glasses. every other week. <laughs> yeah. I did start getting... My eye went blurry again. That hasn't happened in a long time. Ooh, I don't like that. It's fine. It's just your eye goes blurry. But, but before, most of the reason why my eye was going blurry was because I was overcorrecting my vision of one eye. And I did think that I put the wrong contact in the wrong eye. <laughs> I was like, shit, I get the prescription wrong, but I don't think I did. All right. Well, All right. that was great, guys. guys. This was fun. Catch us in two weeks. We'll be back with a real episode and we'll yep. talk about Mothman Prophecies. Facebook.com slash my wish podcast. I feel like I'm just going to laugh through that movie. It's so ridiculous. It's stupid. Yeah, it is dumb. <laughs> I'm glad we've all seen it, though. That's yeah. always nice. <laughs> In the distance past, I know. It's. It, I feel like it's been a while since yeah. we've all seen the movie. Yeah. yeah. Will it be interesting to catch up? It will be. All right, guys. Spy it out. All right. Bye. Bye.